0: all right, guys, I want to take you inside the Ryder Cup. This happened, this interview with J.J. Jakovac happened just a few days after the Ryder Cup. We want to get to it now. A lot of cool stuff about the celebration, uh, how Colin Morikawa played, a lot of things like that. So we'll get to it here. J.J. Jakovac on Beyond the Clubhouse. What do you make of how Colin played? I mean, as a rookie, three zero and one I mean, that's, that's not too shabby.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, he played great. I mean... I know he was hoping for that full point against Victor. Um, they both had, I mean, I think Colin made eight birdies in the in the 18 holes they played. So they both they played they both played incredible in that match. And um, you know, like I said, he would have liked to be uh, four four full points, but still undefeated in his Ryder Cup career. And um, that's a good start for sure. Uh, it was. So valuable being Dustin Johnson's partner. I mean, in the three matches we played in the the two, uh, the two alternate shot sessions and the one best ball session, he was, uh, I mean, he's just the best partner you could ever imagine in those things. He just, nothing phases him. He's a phenomenal player, obviously. Um, and just, you know, whenever anything went a little bit sideways, which didn't happen too often, but it happened a few times, he was just like, you know right there next to Colin saying hey don't worry about it let's go it don't Hmm. matter you know and um you know he's been there before and kind of weird to say Dustin Johnson is the older statesman on the team but he was and um you know he played like it and he led like it so it was pretty cool to be a part of his his team
0: yeah well when you talk about being a part of the team like uh I think about the team room I mean so many people have talked about the strong bond of this year's team. Like, what was it? What was the team room like? I mean, <laughs> imagine it's crazy.
1: Um, it was just super laid back, super. Um, everyone knew what the goal was, and everyone was focused on, you know, dominating. And um, just from day one, it was just pretty apparent that there was no. There was no rah-rah speeches going on. There was none of that stuff. It was just kind of like, hey, we're here. For, we have a mission, and we're here to to play as well as we can and support each other, and it's all about us, and it's all about this one tournament that we're at right now. And um, Yeah, it was just – I guess that's all I can say. It was really laid-back, really confident group of guys that are all really, really good players and are all, you know, very friendly, really good friends, so –
0: yeah, it seemed like it and, and like you said the dynamics with DJ was good. Um yeah. I mean w- when it comes to inside the ropes, was there like a favorite moment e- either with you and Colin as you guys kind of worked through a match or maybe even just like gotten getting a congratulations from a team, uh, you know, assistant captain or something like that was it was there any kind of memorable kind of kind of favorite moment I- uh, in that regard? I'll
1: give you two, two things from inside the rope that's during the play that sticks out. One is Collins' putt in the afternoon four ball on Saturday um, to win the match from like 25 feet on 15. He poured in like a 25-footer. And, you know, he did the whole putter raise and everything. And it was pretty cool. Like, they went nuts. And it was a well-deserved win for those two. They played great. And um, that was a pretty cool moment, just, just closing that match out with making a nice long putt. Um you know, obviously, actually, in that situation, Rory had a putt still to, to extend the match, but it was a 20-footer of its own. So it was kind of like, a, you know, if you make this putt, it could be over kind of putt. And Colin made it and did the fist pump and the putter raise and stuff. That was cool. Um, and then having Phil walk with us in the <laughs> alternate shot and hearing a few of his commentates, uh, commentating the shots over the – over the radio was pretty funny. I can't really repeat much of it, but he was definitely audition- auditioning for a uh, NBC commentating job at some point down the line because it was pretty funny stuff. He was, Phil was having a good time and he kept it really light in the matches that he was walking around with Colin and DJ.
0: So over the radio, then, he was commentating. The other
1: thing that was really cool was after we played, I went out and watched a little bit on... I um, guess it would have been... Friday afternoon, the, the match that we sat, and I got to walk around with Steph Curry a little bit, who's my sport hero, and got to talk
0: <laughs> to him. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, because, I mean, he had to have remembered you from, you know, Warriors, you know, yeah, back you know in funny, PGA,
1: he, no, right? He did. I, I said, I went up and introduced myself, and he, before I could finish, he's like, I remember you, and he's like, I know who you are. I was like, oh my God, that's awesome.
0: <laughs> um,
1: so, yeah, he, he remembered our conversation at, at Harding, and... Um, Remember who I was, so that was pretty cool. But it was kinda of fun, you know, watching all the fans of the golf every time he walked by, they were almost he was almost as big of a deal or bigger of a deal than the players were. Kinda of showed you how big of a star he is.
0: Man, and was he was he inside the ropes or outside the ropes or? Yeah, he was inside the ropes. Gotcha. Well, when you said the thing about Phil commentating, so he would be telling people on radio, oh, this is what the shot's doing, Colin Cow 180 yards coming, oh, it's three feet, like that kind of stuff? Or? Yeah, yeah,
1: it would be like, for example, Colin hit one in the alternate shot on seven, really good shot, and, and it would just be like, you know, he'd be like, ladies and gentlemen, Colin Cow has just struck a majestic five iron, high cut, landing in the middle of the green, rolling out to about 18 feet, landing on a daisy purple 18 for birdie. Like, just kind of, he,
0: he was kind of getting uh, colorful. It was pretty funny. Man, I mean, that's ridiculous. Uh, but, you know, you can see that with Phil, though, too. Um, what about what about adrenaline? Like, did, was it, what was the biggest adrenaline moment for you? Is it first tee related <laughs> no. or? In a Ryder Cup,
1: dude, you're on high adrenaline the entire day. I mean, from the driving range to the first tee shot to... I can't really answer that because we never were in a match. All of our all of our matches were pretty easily decided that we played with DJ, except, well, okay, there was one, I wouldn't say adrenaline moment because you're on high adrenaline the whole time, but there was one nervous moment when we... We're playing Paul Casey and in the um, would have been alternate shot on Friday morning. i uh, no, sorry, Saturday morning. Um, we were two up in pretty commanding lead. Sorry, no, we were three up in a pretty commanding lead. And they were in the so if you can try to wrap your head around this. They drove it in the right junk on number 13, and we drove it down the middle. DJ had a wedge shot. Didn't hit a very good wedge shot to like 35 feet in the middle of the green, but it was a tough downhill putt.
0: They
1: wedged out and then wedged on the green to like 20 feet. So we're three up at the time. So we can just two-putt. We figure we're going four up with five to go. It's over. Well, Colin hits his first putt, poor putt, runs at like eight or nine feet by the hole. Then Victor Hovland sniffs blood a little bit, and he drains the 20 footer for par and DJ misses the the, the par pot so we went from looking like we were going to win the hole to losing the hole we go from 3 up to 2 up and then the next hole was the hole where Paul Casey hit the one out of the rough and
0: hold the wedge do you remember, do, yeah. I, do you remember that I do yeah so he hold the wedge on us so now we go from
1: looking like we were going to be 4 up to 1 up Um, and then him and Colin settled it down and so that was a little bit of a nervous moment where they kind of flipped the momentum on us but uh, they settled down and buried 16, and then Colin hit a great tee shot on 17 and ended up winning the match there. So um, that was a moment where it was like, oh, crap, this is kind of getting a little out of hand here. We need to get back in control. So that's that's how match play goes, though. The momentum swings are, are massive.
0: Mm. Well, there's the momentum side of it, but like take like foursomes, for example. Like, What's the caddy communication like during foursomes?
1: guys is different in but it's the way we did it, it was more of a we do our own thing they do their own thing um, there's a little bit of talk like if you have to lay up on a part five or something like hey what's what number do you want to this flag in this wind direction how, how do you want it to be inside 80 yards outside 80 yards that kind of
0: thing right so there's a little bit of that going on but um,
1: honestly it's not any different than any other any other round we're doing our own thing but we're hitting each shot each shot to the best of our ability and they're doing the same. So I'm sure there are some groups that are different, but we didn't want to overthink it. Like we didn't even talk about reading putts or anything before it started. And DJ on the morning of was like, you want to just do our own thing? I'm like, yeah, let's just do our own thing. And um, AJ came in, did a little aim point for us on like two putts, but that was just to confirm the reads that we already had. And Colin made both putts. So that was, that was nice. Um, But yeah, we just kind of, Did our own thing and um, let the golf speak for itself.
0: Well, how aware were you on Sunday? Going up against Hovland, you're coming down the stretch on 17. How aware were you guys that, hey, if we get this half point, the sooner we close this out, we are, you know, we guarantee the Ryder Cup. You know what I mean? Like, we close it out.
1: Uh, I'm not sure if Colin was aware. I mean, I was aware looking at the scoreboard. We're not talking about that kind of stuff, obviously. We're trying to win a match. I mean, he hit the most beautiful five wood I've ever seen him hit into number sixteen, and then Victor followed up with a four iron from 240 to like 30 feet, also, which was an incredible shot. So <laughs> they both had eagle putts, and Colin just missed that one. Then after Colin
0: shot to three feet on 17, um... which is no bargain. Went. That's an amazing. No that's a, that's an amazing tee shot on 17. <laughs> yeah. By the way.
1: An incredible, incredible tee shot, like. You know, he got away with it, he kind of, he didn't, he would tell you himself, he didn't hit it perfect, kind of blocked it a little bit, but there's that slope over there on the right, which you don't, it's hard to aim over there, because it looks like you're aiming, but you can't see any of that part of the green, so it looks like you're aiming right into the no man's land, if you hit it over there, but um, he hit, struck it good, it came off, I thought it needed to go a little bit, and so did he, and then the crowd just got louder and louder and louder, and obviously <laughs> we knew it had to be pretty close for how crazy they were going, so... Um. Yeah. Then, then get the half a point, and um, honestly, there was no talk that we locked the Ryder Cup up right there or anything like that. He still wants to win that match really bad. Unfortunately, we bogey the last hole, and but doesn't take away from how he played. He played incredible, and he was super poised for a rookie, and um, pretty much what I expected out of him. He was a, he was a ball striking genius. That's for sure.
0: Well, and and with all that, that did end up. Getting the Ryder Cup for you guys—you you were a part of this year's closing it out for the U.S. and also with Rymo in 2016. Yeah. So, what is that like to be able to two Ryder Cups and and look where you where you've been, buddy? Yeah, I told Captain that I said I must be good luck. So you got to remember
1: that two, two for two <laughs> and close out points in the Ryder Cups—the two that I've done. So um, it's just be in the right place and just lucky being. I mean. Brooks Koepka was directly behind us, and he hit a he hit a five iron to six inches on that same hole, and he would have got the clinching point if it, <laughs> he was in front of us. So it's just kind of lucky to be where we were put. And, I mean, I'm sure that goes into the captain's decisions on where to where to play everyone. You know who you know who you want out there in that position, and you know. But the team really wanted to get. There was a lot of talk of you know. We had a huge lead, obviously the biggest lead that there's ever been going into the singles. But there was no, hey, we got this, hey, this is over. There was like, hey, let's go put more points on the board than anybody ever has. And um, that says a lot that you watch Daniel Berger go, you know, he was playing the last five or six holes when when it was was already decided. And he still birdied 16 and 18 to to get the 19th point to make it the all-time record for – since they, you know, since they went to Europe versus USA. So in the modern era of the Ryder Cup, that was the most points ever, which was kind of their goal. So it was
0: cool to see. Yeah, going into the day. um, Strick, when you told him that, he said, hey man, I I gotta be great luck, come on. Like, how did he respond? Uh,
1: I don't, actually, I might not even have told Strick that. This was over lots of drinks. I might have told another caddy that or somebody that, so I don't know if I actually told Strick that, so I don't that that's,
0: might not be true. Right, right. Well, you yeah. know what? If there is ever is a time to let loose and celebrate, it would be after an amazing Ryder Cup. You're second, you finish up. I mean, what was that celebration like? I mean, it <laughs> must have been epic, right? Yeah, it was awesome. I mean,
1: it was, it was a bunch of guys that, um, you know, I, I, could, I can only speak from what I see. I don't know because I'm not the player, but, You know, they had a lot of pressure on them, too. I mean, they were, they were, I mean, for God's sakes, their average world ranking was like 8.2 or 8.8 or something like that. Like, they were the strongest team on paper maybe America's ever had in a Ryder Cup. And, um, so there's a lot of pressure that goes with that to, like, not just win, but, but win big. And, um, think just the party was just letting loose and excitement that we did what we came there to do and um, I think the excitement that maybe that we started something going forward with Ryder Cups we get the new generation of young players there's so much young talent on this team that you know even going to Europe in, in two years it's going to be a lot of the same faces I would imagine
0: and it's going to be hopefully a similar result. Yeah, going forward for sure. Um, dude, who who is the best uh, dancer or karaoke guy uh, among the caddies or players in the celebration? It's mm, a great
1: question. <laughs> now you're asking me to recall. Um,
0: <laughs> a long night? Uh,
1: well, do you— Okay, I'll just, I'll, I'll just tell you this. Me and Michael DeGreller had a little bit of a mosh pit going at the end of the night,
0: so— <laughs> Yeah, Griller man. Um, yeah. yeah, so that would have been his... That would have been his second celebration, too. Because he... Well, I'm trying to think. 16, yeah. He would have been there in 16 as well.
1: Yeah, he won in 16.
0: Yeah. Um, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking timeline. So you guys would have finished up and then gone straight to... After they had the ceremony, you would have gone straight to the team room? Or, or how, how did that all play out? Like, what, what were the locations of the celebration?
1: So we were... Pretty long media session afterward, which I don't think they knew was going to happen. So we did the whole champagne. I was soaked with champagne. We were cornering each other's heads in each other's mouths. Everyone took pictures. Went up to the team um, room. There was a team room and a team family room. So like with the wives and stuff was downstairs, and the player locker room was upstairs. Cleaned everything out and um, waited for the players to get finished, and then they had a bus for the people who had partaking too much already, and then some people had DDs and drove back to the hotel. Everybody kind of showered up and um, came back downstairs and went to the team room, and you know, everyone was doing something, you know, we were eating, we were playing cornhole, ping pong, then the music started, and then we started, you know, dancing, and we, you know, European uh, caddies come in, and we they congratulated us, and we ju- they join our party, we join their party, and it just becomes kind of a big, uh, big
0: celebration. Dude, th- those European kids are some of my favorite, like Mick uh, Donaghy and Billy oh, yeah, Foster. Mick those Mick 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 guys are effing legend. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those, there's some of the. It was best. fun
1: hanging out with them and sharing it with them, and um, yeah, it was uh, something I'll always remember. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. Did you get? I'm sure you got a few pictures with it with the uh, Ryder Cup, right?
1: Yeah, I got one with me and Strick with it, and that's it. I didn't get any of me holding it by myself or anything
0: like that. Gotcha. So. Well, good, dude. What what a career moment! As you said uh, on the Caddy Network interview, one of the best experience in your it was the best experience of your caddying caddying life, right? Yeah, like I, would, I would put it.
1: I would put it number one. I mean, um, just the fact that you have that in, um experience with all the other guys, and it's a team. Because, like, you know, like players always allude to. We never play team team stuff, so being a team sport guy growing up playing basketball and baseball, you know, I've been a golfer now for shit, since I was, I mean, I quit those other sports when I was, what, 16, so
0: yeah.
1: I'm 40 now, damn near 40 now, so it's been a long, long time since I've been involved in teams. So the Ryder Cup experience as a whole just gives you that bonding camaraderie. You know, you're out there pulling for guys that you're normally trying to beat and you're um, giving everything you have for them. So, um, you know, it's obviously different than winning a major. Winning the British Open was one of the coolest things also that ever happened to me with Colin because that's yeah. my favorite golf tournament and all that stuff. But this is just on a complete another level because you're playing for your country. You're playing for your the guys next to you. And, um, the week is just really fun with, with bonding and, um, it's just, you know, playing for something more than just money and your, your own career. It's playing for each other and playing for the country. So it's, it was really cool.
0: I'll let you out of here on this one. Uh, the first tee and and what that feels like, man. Um, I'm glad I don't have to hit it. I'll tell you that.
1: Um, I mean, I'm nervous for him. Um, I just same kind of it's funny both my guys in, the, in their first Ryder cup tee shots it it pulls into the left rough um and Ryan's was in a best ball we ended up making par Collins was an alternate shot and DJ hit a wedge out of the rough from like 50 yards to like eight feet and Colin drained the putt for birdie so they were off and running no problem but I mean I'm yeah I'm nervous as, as heck for him because it's you know it's just a big moment it's a big spot and um Super, super duper fun to be a part of, though, like, but, yeah, I'm definitely glad I don't
0: have to hit it. For sure, buddy. Well, great to catch up, man. Thanks, uh, for taking some time. I know we got a busy schedule as a solo dad this week, right?
1: Yeah, well, no, mama's coming back tomorrow, but last couple days have been solo dad.
0: All right, big thank you to JJ Jakovac. What a fun interview there. I love some of the stuff. This mosh pit with Michael Greller, a lot of cool things there, taking us inside the celebration. Hope you guys had a blast. Listen to it here, and we'll talk soon again on Beyond the Clubhouse.